Well, that was quite a lot of content for us, and a duff duff to boot. Some interesting stuff there, and some stuff I wasn't too sure about. But the honeymoon is truly over. We pick up from the Ben slash Kirat strand in the previous episode, as they get sorted with coffees in the cafe. Kirat wonders why Ben's paying when his mum owns the business, and Ben responds with a comment about how you have to follow the rules in business or everything falls down. Which, unbeknownst to Ben, serves as a warning to Kirat. I'm sure one of those rules of Ben's is don't lie about a conflict of interest dash which in this case is of course Sharon. And to demonstrate this, Sharon herself walks in and goes to congratulation Ben on his marriage to Callum and that she hopes they'll be really happy together. I'm not totally convinced she means it, and Ben certainly isn't. He thought she was sabotaging his business deals during the Stas business and wanted to drive her out of Walford via the loss of the gym, so I think it obvious that he continues to think the worst of her, to make him feel better about the anger he still feels towards her if nothing else. Whether he's right or wrong, Ben sees Sharon as a catalyst for a lot of his low points last year, and she doesn't have the advantage Phil has of being Ben's dad who Ben always forgives because of that link, that sense of loyalty. So, the animosity rages on and Ben takes Sharon's congratulations as an opportunity to get a dig in about Sharon's own marriages. All passive-aggressively, of course. And instead of being taken aback by the response, Sharon gets in a dig of her own about how she's an expert on Mitchell marriages, and should probably be wishing Callum good luck, referring to the common denominator of her failed marriages. Ben goes on to rub Sharon's nose in it a little about Kat and telling her she should move on as well implying that she hasn't let go of Phil because she's always talking about the Mitchells. It's Ben trying to goad her into shutting her mouth about Mitchell marriages, but she gets one more quip and about how she has moved on, because staying with a Mitchell for too long would ruin anyone. Ouch. Ben takes it with a sarcastic smile and raised salute of his mug, but that line would definitely have struck a nerve within Ben about his insecurities, which we know take even more of a knocking in scenes and episodes to come. But for now, he shrugs it off and moves to sit with Kirit, who'd been making eyes at Sharon during the whole exchange. He sticks up for Sharon in the most subtle way possible, by wondering if that had been a bit harsh from Ben. If Ben thinks so, he tries not to show it, brushing it off as just a way to get her out of his face, personally I think just telling her thanks would have done that quicker, but this is Ben we're talking about. Of course he gets dot a few digs in, he can't resist, and he wants to stay chirpy apparently, because Callum's got the day off. With his apprehensions about Callum in the force, he's probably more relieved about that than normal. However, in the next scene we've got Callum and Fitzy at the Prince Albert, Callum grinning fondly at Fitzy reaching for his coffee as he reminisces about his first night shift like he hasn't only been in the force properly for less than a year. Fitzy must be really new then. Ben turns up then, and is thrown when he sees Callum with a colleague on what's meant to be his day off. I think that maybe he was hoping they wouldn't have to talk or think about Callum's work but with Fitzy there, it's unavoidable and he has to confront his uneasy feelings about it. If he was feeling chirpy earlier, he certainly isn't now, especially when Fitzy gets up to get the more coffees and jokes to Ben that he guesses his is a skinny cappuccino. It's another weight jab, and I'm starting to wonder if this is meant to play a part in Ben feeling insecure, and on the back foot to begin with especially as Callum shoots him an embarrassed little wink rather than call Fitzy out on the comment, which Ben might interpret as Callum also thinking he needs to lose weight. Which is, of course, ridiculous, but I think Ben might be scrambling for a few explanations of Callum's upcoming changed behavior. Guess we'll see if it goes anywhere. Fitzy calling Callum Cal's is also there to make Ben feel like an intruder of course, and another little reminder that Ben doesn't know much about Callum's work life, 
which was totally fine, until he found out Callum spent months in that work life being blackmailed and was hiding it from Ben. And Ben's finding that hard to shake. He sits in Fitzy's seat and tries to sound casual as he comments that he thought Callum had the day off, but the snippiness is hard to miss and Callum's already aware that Ben is struggling with him going back to work. They both skirt around that elephant in the room though. Callum explains that Fitzy needed to unload after a heavy shift, and Ben, who ordinarily would appreciate Callum being kind and supportive to other people, wonders why it has to be him, why Callum always has to be dear Deirdre. Callum simply points out that him and Fitzy are mates, and Ben has nothing further to add. He knows the two of them are mates, but he's resenting the fact that Fitzy is clearly getting to spend a lot more time with his husband than Ben is, made even clearer when Ben refers to him as Callum's work husband. I thought that was pretty telling. And it doesn't help with Ben's fears about what could be going on for Callum at work when he tries to ask about it and Callum is vague in response, with a little snip himself about how he doesn't want to bore Ben with the details. Ben feels at arm's length, partly because of the unavoidable fact that even when he thought he knew what was going on with Callum's job, it wasn't the truth, so it feels like starting again, and partly because of Callum's decision not to tell Ben any details, which is something he thinks is for the best, knowing the job is making Ben uneasy, but just serves to fuel Ben's worry instead that something untoward could be happening again. Talk to each other, boys. Unfortunately, Ben's reminded again that they aren't alone when Fitzy shouts from the bar, and what Callum isn't telling Ben he'll be no doubt discussing with his work husband, who I now think is deliberately wearing that Ben-esque top. Ben feels like the outsider, and so he makes himself scarce, telling Callum they can catch up later. Callum looks like he wants to stop him initially, but Ben doesn't leave room for argument, already up on his feet and out the door. We get a second scene in the Albert with Fitzy back at the table with the coffees which look suspiciously like beer bottles now, and it continues on from Ben's unexpected exit with Callum trying to explain the situation. He tells Fitzy that Ben doesn't like anything about his job, including the random hours, not knowing where he is and who he's with. And it's true that Ben voiced a dislike about the job from the start, but they had made it work, and Ben even got some advantages of having a cop boyfriend, until the Thompson stuff came out. But Callum can't exactly tell Fitzy about any of that, so instead he really has no choice but to pretend Ben's always had a problem with not knowing what he's doing and who he's with. The random hours thing fits in with it too, as quite a few of Callum's last-minute calls into the station last year were a result of Thompson hauling him in just because he could, so I think it could be a reference to that as well. Callum adds that Ben's family have got history with the force and that it doesn't help. Bit of an understatement, that. With Fitzy seeming quite new, he's maybe not got the full extent of the Mitchell's reputation with the police and Callum has probably not told him that his boss had used that against him. But Ben being raised not to trust cops is an important element. Ben put that aside for Callum in order to support him, but then he found out that the institution he doesn't trust had in fact been exploiting Callum. And he worries that Callum and the police risks a situation where he has to break Ben's trust again whether he wants it to or not. Fitzy finds the situation amusing, and when Callum asks him if pouring his heart out is funny, it's clear that Fitzy believes it's just a regular run-of-the-mill relationship problem, with a painfully heterosexual reference to pride and how equal rights comes with equal troubles. To be fair to him though, he doesn't know the extent of the trouble between Balam, which is why he tries to convince Callum that it's normal for this kind of thing to crop up in a relationship, and his advice is a one-size-fits-all approach. And Callum wants to believe it because he wants him and Ben to be okay. He admits he thought things would be different once they got married, but Fitzy's right when he says it's not a magic wand. 
Of course both Ben and Callum love each other and want a drama-free life, but they've not properly addressed the issues that came up before the wedding and that's why those issues are creeping up again as soon as they've returned from their little bubble in Mallorca. Ben marrying Callum was a sign of his commitment to working through things together and this is really the first test. Callum scoffs at Fitzy when he goes to impart his wisdom about getting married, sarcastically pointing out his lack of experience, but Fitzy insists that's the point, that before he asks the question he's got to make sure she can handle it all. Bit late for that with Ben and Callum, and obviously a different, more specific, situation, but it's highlighting again that because they didn't talk it through before getting married, it's now something they have to figure out as husbands. And Callum wants that more than anything, so he impulsively asks Fitzy what he would say to stop her worrying in the meantime. How does he convince Ben that what happened before won't happen again? Thing is, he can't, and that's sort of acknowledged when Fitzy's advice is to say nothing, but rather distract from the issue with a few romantic wooing techniques. Callum's not convinced that would work with Ben, and he's right. But Fitzy's sure that reminding Ben how Callum feels about him will help Ben get that being in the police is not just a job, but a way of life, something that Callum apparently told him when he started the job. But that's the problem, if it's a way of life, then it risks interfering with their relationship. Ben's worried because he gets it, not because he doesn't. I did find it odd that that line apparently came from Callum. I guess you could maybe take it as more of a cynical angle from Callum's perspective, being that the job did affect other areas of his life, it ain't a good thing. And if you look closely you can see Callum scoff a bit at the reminder of his own words. It could also be foreshadowing what's to come about it having a big, damaging, effect on his life. At least I'm choosing to think that's the angle they're going for, because I don't think Callum and Fitzy are meant to be on the same page with this. Callum knows his advice on how to fix things doesn't fit with his situation, but he wants to believe it will. Callum and Jack have a little run-in as Callum leaves the minute mart with a tote bag and bottle of sangria in hand, clearly taking on some of Fitzy's advice. Callum surprisingly friendly with Jack considering last time we saw them together, Jack was convinced he wouldn't get to marry Ben because the Mitchells don't forgive. I'd have liked to have seen Jack a little more contrite but that's not really Jack's style, is it? In fact in this episode, we'd just seen him being a smug kid at the holiday club, lording his police job over Phil, who'd come unprepared for a talk about what he does for a living. So he'd never admit to being wrong. Even here, he spots Callum's bag and immediately assumes, or hopes, that there's trouble at home, because why else would Callum be cooking a meal for his husband, okay, he may not be wrong, but still. When Callum assures him there's not, Jack leaves him to it. I suppose Callum's not really one to hold a grudge but I'd have enjoyed him being a little less friendly towards Jack. But maybe there's more satisfaction to gain out of being the bigger person, who knows. Callum then spots Kat walking through the market in a bit of a daze, she's just been mugged by some guys on a moped, one of whom had a knife, and it's shaken her. Callum has to say her name several times to get her attention, and as soon as he does, she spots his shopping bag and immediately lashes out at him, basically accusing him of slacking off on the job, but she's obviously channeling her fear into anger and hoping it'll make her feel better. And it's like Callum can tell, because he explains it's his day off and asks if everything's alright. After wrongly assuming that it had been a run-in with Phil, which gets a laugh out of Sookie, who's eavesdropping in the background, he eventually gets the story out of her, that she's been mugged. He tries to keep her calm, asking if she's alright and if she's reported it, the answer being not yet as it's only just happened, Sookie interjects then with a suggestion that Phil just deal out justice instead, the implication there for everyone to hear. 
It gets Kat all defensive on Phil's behalf and she snaps back at Sookie about how she trusts Phil, a strange comment but so clearly meant for Callum to hear. Even more obvious when we get a shot of Callum's face as Kat tells Sookie that not all people are just the things they've done in their past. It felt clunky to me, like trying to draw a parallel between Fat and Balam when there isn't really one. And because of that I'm not too sure what they were trying to achieve with it or what Callum's meant to have learned from the line, because it doesn't change his plans. One thing I will say though is that it amused me that Jack was meant to have been inside the minute mart for that whole scene, with Kat verging on hysterics right outside the entrance after being mugged and yet to report it. And hero Jack nowhere to be seen. Hilarious. Ben, meanwhile, is having a drink in Ruby's alone. That is until Kirit enters and it transpires that Ben called him there under the guise of an urgent update on the situation with Jag's protection. Kirit and Sharon had a few scenes of their own prior to this, with a little bit of discussion about Ben. As predicted, Sharon hadn't been too bothered about Ben's attitude, even assuring Kirit that underneath the wannabe daddy stuff is a sweet kid dancing along to Lady Gaga. Another exchange that didn't really make sense to me because that line came after Kirit apologized for sneaking around and Sharon's response didn't really have anything to do with that. And not to mention that Sharon actually never knew Ben in his dancing Lady Gaga phase. Her first impression of him was in 2014 when he'd already killed Heather and suppressed all of that fun stuff, and she didn't exactly have a positive opinion of him living under the same roof as him either. Of course, she knows now that a lot of that tough guy stuff is a mask, but she never really knew him as a sweet kid like that line seemed to suggest. Anyway, Kirit seems a bit on edge after seeing Ben with a drink in hand, looking quite chill and not exactly giving off those urgent vibes. The update on Jags isn't urgent, but Ben needing to distract himself from the Callum situation possibly is. So he assures Kirit the protection is working out well, with another reminder that it's part of a deal, a business transaction and Ben's following the rules with the expectation that Kirit is too. Jags has got two of Ben's contacts looking out for him, including one who's in the top gang, so that's good. Kirit appreciates it but you can tell he's still wondering how this was urgent. And when Ben asks him what he's drinking, Kirit realizes he's planning on the two of them hanging out, and it occurs to him that Ben's supposed to be spending the day with Callum on his day off. When he brings this up to Ben, Ben gets defensive and tells Kirit they're not sewn together, trying to go back to the subject of what Kirit's drinking. But it only serves to make Kirit more suspicious that something's up, referencing their chat on Tuesday about possible trouble in paradise. Ben doesn't answer, but his uncomfortable body language and avoidance of eye contact suggests Kirit's on the money, and to be honest, I think Kirit is just relieved that the issue isn't that Ben's found out about him and Sharon. So he is possibly more interested than he normally would be, asking Ben what Callum's done, and isn't that a novelty, someone who doesn't automatically think Ben's in the wrong. Ben brushes the question off, but in doing so reveals his issue, or at least the one he's telling Kirit. He says that he barely sees Callum with the hours he works so how should he know what he does when Ben's not with him? Sounds like a combination of separation anxiety, after spending two weeks together 24-7, and the new fear that Callum's doing something that Ben needs to know about, but maybe won't be told, because if Callum can hide it from him for so long the first time, he theoretically can again. Ben never had a problem with Callum's hours before, but he thought everything Callum was doing before was legit police business, helping Ben out of sticky situations aside, and not some corrupt operation to put his dad in jail, with Ben's own freedom being used as blackmail material, meaning it can easily happen again. His self-esteem's taken a knock too, and I think he wants less reason to believe that he's got nothing to worry about, 
But Callum being around colleagues even on his day off doesn't help with that. Kirit guesses at the problem, whether it's Ben not liking Callum's job or not trusting him, yet another line I couldn't quite square, because to him, Callum actively uses his position in the police to help Ben out, so I felt it a bit of a leap from him to mention those things as being the issue. Though I guess it might be something he could deduce if reading between the lines about Ben not knowing what Callum's doing when Ben's not there, suggesting he may not be doing something Ben would approve of. Ben's honest when he says he doesn't know. He doesn't know exactly what the issue is, but he knows that Callum being in that job after what happened makes him uneasy. It's a bit weird because Kirit doesn't know what's happened, at least I don't think he does, and so Ben can't really articulate his feelings in too much detail, which unfortunately means a bit of nuance is lost, similar to Callum's chat with Fitzy. We just have to insert it ourselves somehow. All Ben knows is that the thought of someone sneaking around behind his back keeping secrets kills him, especially the thought of his own husband doing it. It's entirely contrived to put the fear in Kirit, because that line implies that anyone sneaking around behind his back would kill him, only mentioning Callum afterwards, separately. Ben doesn't know Callum's keeping secrets, but the fear of it is enough to worry him, because of all the stuff we've mentioned. Plus the fact that Callum was reluctant to go into details about the job earlier on, which had Ben thinking the worst. I think he gets the position that Callum was in was impossible, but that's also a reason that this could happen again. Callum can't just say no next time if Ben is still the bargaining chip. Whether Ben is involved in crime or not, the Mitchells as a family probably have a permanent target on their backs and for corrupt cops above Callum's rank, I reckon there's always scope to exploit Callum. But back to Kirit's uneasiness about the fact he's currently keeping a secret from Ben, he asks Ben a hypothetical question about what he'd do if there was an issue like this in a business relationship. Purely hypothetical. I'm not sure Ben's answer is very reassuring, but if he's being honest about how he'd call it out, then at least Kirit doesn't have to worry about Ben getting silent revenge without him knowing about it, like if he pulls out of the deal, it means Kirit will know to find another way to protect Jags. So ultimately it should be quite reassuring. I think. When Ben returns to the flat, Callum's there setting up a romantic meal for them. The honeymoon touches are clearly present, with Callum in a short-sleeved shirt and more sangria sitting on the table. He's put a twist on Fitzy's advice to show Ben what he means to him, and he's tried to recreate their honeymoon vibe, because when they were there, nothing back home mattered, including his job. He's hoping they can hang on to that vibe, similar to how they did it at the start of the week, with both of them trying to capture the atmosphere after finding out they were on an airbed and they'd be living with Vi. Ben sees how much effort has gone into it, Callum paying his family off to go to Romford Dogs so they'd have peace, playing a bit of Spanish music and learning how to say hot husband in Spanish, which Ben would find utterly adorable at any other time. I think there might be a bit of fear that it's overcompensating when he asks what it's all in aid of. But when Callum mentions the honeymoon vibe and wanting to keep that going, he understands, because he's been guilty of it too. It's avoidance. And while they've both ignored the issue before now, Ben decides to speak up and address it, like he said he would to Kirit. He walks towards the window, psyching himself up, and then turns to Callum to start to explain. But he's struggling. The thing is he doesn't want to do it, he just feels he has to, he can't help what he's feeling. Part of being healthy husbands is to address their issues and so I think it's good of Ben to try, when I reckon before he would have just continued to let it fester. The first thing he does is let Callum know he loves him, the most important thing. But Callum knows where it's going and beats Ben to it by voicing the problem, he doesn't trust Callum. At least it's not much of a shock to him. 
but he is still gutted that the trust still isn't there. He doesn't seem to be as sure as Ben that the situation he found himself in won't happen again either, as he repeats what Kat said earlier to him, he's not just the things he's done in his past. A line I found a little bit out of place here to be honest, his past? He was keeping it from Ben less than a month ago. So, yeah, bit odd. But you get the gist, he wants Ben to move on, and trust Callum as his husband. But Ben can't shake the feeling that it can, and will, happen again. He alludes to things he knows Callum is going to do, and what he can do. But that isn't elaborated on, so we're on our own with interpreting that. Personally, I think he's referring to his certainty that Callum is still vulnerable to being manipulated by being married to Ben, Callum is going to do whatever he's told to do, especially if Ben is at risk, and he is capable of hiding that from Ben as was demonstrated. So because of that, Ben's of the opinion that there's only one way to fix the situation for good so that it can't happen again. Callum knows it's coming, and sure enough, Ben tells Callum, Cal, that he needs him to quit the police. A pretty blunt moment designed to make the resulting duff-duffs more dramatic I reckon, which is a bit unfortunate, because I think otherwise it would have been a little softer and more nuanced. Ben thinks Callum quitting is the only solution to fix things which is why he's used the word need instead of want. Because he didn't want to ask this of Callum. Before the revelation, he did his utmost to be supportive, convincing Callum to go to his assessment and warning him against working with Phil as it might cost him his job, to name a few instances. But it's not how it was before, and Ben's acknowledging that. They can't keep the job separate because it's already imposed on their relationship, and could again. Ben suggesting he quit could result in resentment, it's true, but then again, is this really still Callum's dream job? He's been miserable for most of his time in the force, what he went through could make anyone disillusioned with it all. He helps more people on his days off than he does on the beat anyway. Thing is, Ben never signed up for a cop boyfriend, he made that clear at the time. Just like Callum had made it clear to Phil last year that if he ever had to choose between being a cop and Ben, there is no choice, because it will always be Ben. Ben did come first for him after all. Though that doesn't mean Ben asking him to quit because he's worried Callum will lose control of a situation like that again won't still hurt Callum, I guess, because at the end of the day it is a lack of trust in Callum, justified or not. I guess you could see it as a sacrifice from both of them, for Ben it was his dad, for Callum it's his job. All these conflicting factors are so difficult to navigate and Ben's trying to fix it, he needs it to be fixed. Whether asking Callum to quit was the right thing to do or not, it was Ben's solution as he can see no other way. So, in case you couldn't tell, it was a bit of a weird one for me, this EP. And it's a big week for them next week, more on that in the week ahead.